0: Things changed quickly in football. At the end of last season, Arsenal were on their knees as old foes Tottenham surged past them in the race for the final Champions League spot. Now it's the Gunners who are standing tall in North London, surging towards what could be a shock Premier League title win, while Spurs scramble for a place in the top four. I'm Kevin Hatchard, and this is Football Only Better. Now, I found out this week that betting brain box Mark O'Hare actually took time away from the football-filled screens of the Bet Cave to watch the traitors. And I'm slightly unnerved that he's been engaging in popular culture, even though it is a (laughs) magnificent show. Now, we could talk about that uh, for the next hour, but sadly, we're not allowed to. Uh, Mark, let's take a look at this North London derby, even though I want to talk about Wilf and all the others. Um, (laughs) Tottenham, the outsiders here at 3.35 they have been struggling at home of late is this the game to spark their revival or do you think arsenal are just too strong for them right now
1: ah uh, i found this one really difficult because i'm i'm stuck between the two schools of thought which you just uh, outlined there i mean everything screams to be pro arsenal in this game but 2.25 five to four to win away in the north london derby isn't the most attractive angle for me um Regardless of what's happened this season, almost any season, I'd be sort of uh, nervous about backing that price because, you know, it's a horrible old cliche, but form tends to go out of the window in these kind of fixtures, particularly the North London derby, which has been a match and a fixture which has been heavily tiered towards the home team, uh, not just in recent years, but across the past couple of decades, actually. Spurs, even at their worst ebb, have tended to be quite competitive when welcoming Arsenal when they weren't the all-conquering invincibles. Um, They are unbeaten in the last eight at home to Arsenal in the Premier League. Um, I think they've won six of those as well, and they've failed to score just once in the last 17. And and in terms of this potentially being a, a turnaround for their campaign, there's a chance that Basuma, Bentancour, Kuduzewski and or Richardson could be fit for this match, which would be huge. You know, Spurs have been missing, particularly those last two in forward areas massively in recent weeks. Pentancour, without him, clearly the midfield is unbalanced. So th- there's there's a potential for Spurs to get something out of this game. But you just can't trust them at the minute, and um, and it's all down to those slow starts. They've not led at half time in the last thirteen matches across all competitions. More often than not, they've conceded the first goal in those games too. And then you're just asking them to to overcome a, a huge hill to try and pick up three points. And defensively, they've been anything but solid and secure. I think they've conceded nine goals in the last four home games. They've shipped two or more in seven of the last eight. They've lost all four against the top five. They've won two of nine against the top eleven. So everything is screaming to be pro-Arsenal here. And whichever metric you look at, points, the league table, whatever it might be, um, underlying numbers, you know, they are Arsenal are either topping it or running up Manchester City very, very close to it. So, you know, the reality is the Gunners have lost one Premier League game all season. They are probably the better team in that match at Old Trafford as well. I, I guess the only thing you can be negative about Arsenal is that trip to, to United is their only away day at a top six team, and they lost it but i think begrudgingly um if i had to be on either team i would be pro arsenal i'd be arsenal minus a quarter at a slightly shorter price but it just covers you if in case there's a draw um which i do think is a you know there's a potential there because arsenal will see this as a as a must not lose weekend um after dropping points against newcastle but i think goals would be the angle i'd be most strongest on here um arsenal's away matches have tended to be tighter affairs than at the emirates but we saw things explode at, at away at brighton not so long ago and and seven of the last nine North London derbies have gone overs, seven have seen both teams scoring. Traditionally, if you go further back, it has been a high-scoring fixture. And these two teams have combined to score in 32 of 35 Premier League matches. And you know Arsenal's trip to, to Man United was really good fun. It was open. It was quite uh, expansive, much more so than I anticipated. And Spurs have seen six of eight games against the current top half also go over two and a half goals. If you've got no confidence in their defence, and they do have Kuleszewski, Bridgualis, and back as long as, as, as well as Kane, you know you would expect them to score at home against most opponents. So that brings in BTTS, and I think things could uh could open up. So uh, over two and a half goals is around about one point eight five, which I thought was um, slightly on the high side compared to where this fixture tends to be. Normally, you look to you have a goal line much closer to over two and three quarters or over three. So um, that stood out to me of, of all the bets.
0: Now, it's hard to get an appointment with your GP these days, but you can always get an appointment with the data doctor, Jake Thorpe from Infagol, with us once again, armed to the teeth with facts and figures. Jake, I must admit, I got it wrong at the end of last season because I thought Tottenham qualifying for the Champions League and Arsenal having that crushing blow of finishing behind them, I thought that would see the two teams diverge. Actually, it's gone the other way. You surprised that Arsenal have been able to turn it around as quickly as they have and that Tottenham have dipped a bit.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess signing Manchester City players um, helps in that regard. Um, but, you know, that's good transfer of business. They, you know, they've they fixed key areas in the team and also improved them at the same time. Um, and yeah, I mean, you need a lot of luck to win a title um, as well as obviously being good. But you need to stay fit and healthy. And so far, Barwing Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko being out for a little while. Arsenal have been a little bit fortunate on the injury front in the sense that they've not missed any key players. And that's not the case for Spurs. It's been the exact opposite. Um, you know, they started the season looking pretty good. They were rolling, particularly at home. But as Mark said, key players, Richarlison, Kolosewski, Bentenko missing. Uh, the latter in particular for me is, is a huge blow because they've got no one to knit the or to get the ball from back to front in a quick and progressive manner without him in the team. Um, And, you know, when you're relying on just Son and Kane, who've played a lot of football, uh, you know, they're they're getting on as well. But you're relying on them who have literally not stopped playing football for two, three years, similar to Mo Salah pre-World Cup. Um, And, you know, that catches up with you. That's why they brought in Kulosevski and they brought in Richarlison, was to try and rotate and keep things fresh. And they've not been able to do that. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm surprised at how well Arsenal have played and how how dominant they've been in general um, over the course of the season so far. Um, but not surprised to see Spurs having a little bit of a lull, um, just purely because of those injury issues. And and I don't think that Conte's got the squad that he wants yet. You know, he, w- one of the main aspects of a Conte Does Conte team
0: ever is, get the squad that he wants in his head? I don't think there is a not. perfect squad for Conte, is there?
2: Probably He'd not. He'd always want one more. He would. Um, he, You know, if you say you're happy, then all of a sudden the investment stops coming, doesn't it? So you consistently say you're not happy. But I think the, the main issue for him is he's got no wing-backs that suit the system or that are good enough. Um to do what he wants from that system, which is obviously, you know, that the majority of their creation comes from the wing backs uh, in a conte system and and they don't really have that quality. Um might take another few windows. But um, but yeah, I, I think Spurs will eventually sort it out once the injuries kind of clear up and, and they get a fit team. I think they'll they'll have a good surge in finishing uh, to finish in that top four. But um, yeah, I'm I'm finding it really difficult to oppose Arsenal in this game I I really am I think um, you know they dropped points against Newcastle yes but they were okay in that game they weren't you know he never felt like Newcastle were going to win the game it was just a case of could Arsenal score Um, and yeah I, I think that this is this is a bit of a must-win game for me for Arsenal Um, I, I think it is that big of a match I know we're only in the season but the gaps down to five points I know City play United but Arsenal have got they play Spurs and then they play Man United back to back. If they drop points in both of those, or even one of those, and City manage to pick up points, then I think we can—they can kiss goodbye to the Premier League because we know City are going to go on a, a run of ten wins in a row at some point in the season, um, as they usually do. So yeah, I, that's one one massive motivational factor. I also just think that they're just better than Tottenham all up and down the pitch. And um, the only probably position they're not is in the striker position. Um, but I think Acquity has done a good job. Um, and yeah as, as mark said spurs have, have struggled against the big six or the, the current top six they've lost all of the matches in those uh, across there and, and the xg process is negative so they deserve to lose um those games as well the, the 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 kind of clincher for me and why i'm happy to pull the trigger and arsenal just to win the match without handicap um is the fact that they're expected Goal difference away from home is fantastic, Uh, and particularly their defence. They actually rank as the best defensive team when travelling in the entire Premier League this season. Um, Just 0.96 is what they're averaging, which is really, really impressive. Um, And we know Spurs have had massive issues creating chances since the restart. Um, I think they're just 1.04 expected goals for per game is what they've averaged. they played Brentford, Villa and Crystal Palace. They've not really played a, a defensive side as good as Arsenal. Um, and yeah, just just to highlight the transformation. Last season, Arsenal's expected goal difference per game away from home was minus 0.39. This season, it's plus 0.83. So you've seen a a swing of nearly one expect or more than one expected goal, which you know is pretty remarkable. And it was the main the main thing that we used to batter Arsenal about was how soft they were on the road. That, that's not the case at all now. They are a very good travelling team, um, and and I'm happy to trust them to go and get a win um, and and really you know kick the kick the boot into Spurs, who are struggling at the moment. Um, yeah, 2.26 looks looks like a good price, good enough price to me. It, it, you know, if you said at the start of the season, you'd be back in Arsenal to win at Spurs at 2.26, I'd have laughed. Um, but just the way in which the season's turned out and the, and the kind of level that Arsenal are hitting, which are Man City-esque, then you, know, you have to actually ask yourself the question, what price would Man City be in this fixture? Um, and, and it probably would be around the 1.8 mark. So in, in my book, I probably would put Arsenal at least at least 2.1 maybe a little bit shorter for this given what we've seen from both teams
0: Jake making himself incredibly popular with Tottenham fans there this football season (laughs) get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder easily add our most popular or fan favorite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap T's and C's in the description 18 plus see gambleaware.org if we were to put together a bet builder for this particular game I might start with Bakayo Saka to have a shot on target averaging two shots per game 0.69 shots on target per 90 right now and he's been on a good run in that regard of late I think he's been really dynamic including uh, his performances for England at the World Cup Mark if you would throw something into the bet builder pot what would it be
1: yeah, I still quite like goals in this game. Um, I think it's got the potential to be quite explosive. Um, Spurs have a lot to prove and Arsenal, obviously, a lot to defend here. So both teams to score would would go in. I think that's a handy add-on add for a, a bet builder treble.
0: And Jake, would you be sticking with the Arsenal win?
2: Given um, you know, we've got a couple of decent prices in already, um, might go for something else. Um, what about... What about? I, I'm, 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 I'm scrolling. You can tell I'm scrolling through the bet builder. There's so many different markets to choose from. Um, Jake's rumination hour. It's our new show on yeah. Betfair. Um, I'll take, I'll take, uh, Thomas Party to have a shot. Okay. He, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> is that not acceptable? No, no, it's fine. It's All right, five. a shot on target. Thomas Party shot on target. Oh, wow. The, sh- the one shot is a little bit short. I can just see Arsenal having the majority of the ball. Spurs sitting deep. Um, and we know Party likes to pull the trigger from distance. He's got that favorite, his favorite shot where someone just squares it at a 90 degree angle and he just runs Smashes onto it and it tries to whip corner. it. Yeah. Uh, I can see that that happening uh, at least once. So, yeah, Party shot on target. Apologies for the, you know, the. No, I liked um, it. It was, was
0: genuine drama. I, I liked it. <laughs> and look, you got is there good as, reaction as much drama Mark? as
2: the traitors or.
0: Oh, well, no, that's a high bar, to be fair. Nothing no Claudia, the traces. No, exactly. And there's no Claudia Winkleman involved. So, uh, you know, right. that automatically uh, means that it's falling behind. I am no Claudia Winkleman, as we know. Uh, <laughs> it's time now for Mark My Words, where our very own Mark O'Hare comes up with a nap from European football. Mark, where are you taking us this time?
1: Um, yeah, I'm going to go to the Netherlands. Uh, to the second tier in the Netherlands uh, which is renowned for goals actually um, has been for a good decade or so Friday nights <laughs> of course
0: it is yes, it's famous <laughs> for that they often put that on the tourist board literally don't they <laughs> yes
1: Friday nights would be just goals in the, in the Dutch second tier it just used to be a standard play just back overs and BTTS in every single game and you get paid out a few times a year at a nice price but um, this year hasn't been quite as as hectic um, the goals per game is at 3.03 62% over 59% BTTS yes. but we've got the top two in action on Sunday uh, Heracles and Peck Zwoller, um, and they have been in and amongst it all season uh, both relegated from the VC last season they're now you know the both of them are, are seven points clear basically in the automatic promotion place they are far too good for that division they're comfortably leading the the, um, the goals uh, goal scorers in the division I just expect this to be a bit of a shootout, really. Um, the earlier meeting between the two teams this season was, it was 3-2. Um, I was on goals in that game, I watched it. It was just just full-on entertainment, just all out attack, tack, really. Uh, it was literally a shootout and, um, well, not quite literally, but... Uh, <laughs> I hope it, it was.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't read that news story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would have been uh, a touch of Wild West
1: in Dutch football there. I'd be surprised if this one doesn't follow suit. Um, Heracles have scored two goals or more in all but two of their league games. Zwoller have scored two goals or more in 12 of their 18 league games. Both are averaging well above 2.4 goals per game. They've scored in 35 or 38 games collectively. 30 of those matches have gone over 19. have seen over three and a half goals. And basically when these two teams play similarly strength teams in this division, things just go a bit nuts. Um, Heracles have seen at least um, all but two of their matches go over two and a half goals overall, but their results against the top ten read 3-2, 2-2, 3-0, 3-2, 5-3, 2-1, 1-1, 3-1 and 3-0. So in four of those nine games, both teams have scored at least two goals and five of them have seen over three and a half goals. And when Zwoller have played the top ten, 3-2, 0-1, 5-2, 3-2, 4-0, 2-2, 3-2, 4-2. So in six of those eight games, both teams have scored at least two goals and seven of those eight have seen over three and a half goals bank. So loads of ammunition there for any sort of bet builder you want to build. But I'm going to propose over two and a half goals, both teams to score and a goal to be scored in both halves, halves, which comes in at even money, uh, which I think is a a cracking bet for what should be a, a really entertaining match.
0: So that wraps up the Benelux bloodbath section of the show. A London derby between Chelsea and Crystal Palace. We don't know at the time of recording how Chelsea did uh, against their old foes Fulham. But in general, Jake, these are tough times for Graham Potter because loads of injury problems. And every time he turns his back, Todd Bowley's come up with a new signing for him. Here you go, integrate this one. So uh, it's a bit of a strange situation, isn't it?
2: It really is, yeah. Um, obviously, we I think we all know or we all think on the same lines that Potter, he needs time to yeah, to kind of 100%. rebuild not only the squad, but the culture at, at the club. Whether he'll get that time or not remains to be seen. As you said, that he seems to have got deep pockets, Todd Bowley, and, and at some point, I imagine he would want some bang for his books. Um, so yeah, the, the current form, the current process, is not very good. Um, it's not very good at all. But like, like we, you know, like with Spurs, Chelsea are missing key players uh, and have done for a long period of time now. I mean, the list is ridiculous, really. Um, but and also, God, we're
0: going back quite far beyond Potter's time, aren't we? Because yeah, you've been telling me this about Tuchel's Chelsea for over a year that they weren't creating enough chances. It wasn't about missing loads of chances. It was the fact that they've been. You know pretty sterile pretty difficult um for them to create chances and it was all about defensive strength for them wasn't it
2: yeah absolutely and um you know the, the main concern now is the fact that well that defensive strength is no longer there um you know that under Tushel 63 games in charge they considered just 0.8 uh, 0.97 expected goals against per game which is you know up there with the likes of City Liverpool Arsenal this season um, and since Potter's come in, it's at 1.49. so you are seeing that jump by around 0.5, which is a, is a you know it might sound very minimal, but over the course of the season that's a that's a lot of extra goals that you can see you know a lot of extra expe- expected goals um and yet it you know you're talking about players like N'Golo Kante who've been one of the best players in the Premier League over the last five six years that's he's not kicked a ball under Potter um, Reese James played I think maybe once or twice. Um, ben Chilwell's played maybe three times. Um, Loftus Cheek, who looked as though he was going to fill in at that right wing back position to try and provide a little bit more oomph uh, and attacking guy down the right side. He's been out injured. Um, you, you know, you've now got Raheem Sterling and Christian Pulisic out injured. So it's a very it's a it's a it's a bad situation for Potter in the sense that you know he he is working with a makeshift squad um, and unfortunately he's getting judged as a Chelsea manager rather than a Brighton manager. Um, You know, if he was Brighton manager, these kind of results and performances everyone wouldn't even notice. But because it's Chelsea, it's a massive talking point. Um, But yeah, I I know we we don't know how Chelsea and Fulham are going to get on tonight, but I just think the the, the under two and a half goals in this Chelsea Palace game stood out to me um, around 1.9 on the exchange. It's landed in eight of 11 under Graham Potter. Um, the attacking issues we've, we've discussed just 1.1 expected goals four per game is what Chelsea are averaging. Um, the unders has landed in four of five at home, um, under Potter as well. And Crystal Palace have struggled, you know, uh, immensely away from home, just just over one expected goal four per game is what they're averaging. And 62 percent of their away matches have gone the, uh, under two and a half. So I can expect this, or I expect this to be quite a, a, a tight affair. I don't expect many goals, just purely because Chelsea don't have the creativity to be able to unlock um, uh, any defense consistently at the moment. And I know that they're bringing in players. As like Xiao Felix, think we all like him as a player. We all think there's potential there. Um, but ultimately, who's he going to be playing with? You know, there's reports that Bamiang's going to be back off to Barcelona, which is mental. Um, you know, I know he's only scored once this season, but you know, he's your your main striker, if you like. Habits. Well, he in came on against City the,
0: the other night. Made a load of runs in behind, got totally ignored, and then got hooked. So
2: yeah. I d- I don't really understand
0: what well, that's all not,
2: about. Exactly, it's not his fault. Like, wait, I mean, you know, he's a striker; he's supposed to score goals. But if he's making the runs, the, the, the main issue they've got is no one's to play the. They've got no one yeah. to play the ball for those runs. Um, you know, it's, well, that's what something... Felix
0: is there for, isn't it? In theory,
2: exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and they, boy, do they need him. Like I said, they, with Pulisic and Sterling out injured as well, that that really does. Um, you know. It intensifies importance when he comes into this Chelsea team. So um it'll take some time for him to bed in. It might work, it might not. Um, you'd hope for their sake it works given the money they've spent. But I can just see this being a little bit of a of a you know grind out win for Chelsea, a narrow one or something like that. Um, and yeah, so the, the unders just look too big to me.
0: Now Listeners won't know this. Viewers may have clocked this. When I uh, threw a question at Jake about Thomas Tuchel's era there, he reached for a notepad. And this is what I love about Jake. He's got notepads everywhere. He's was like a detective solving a case. And I think he's the youngest by a distance in the uh, football-only better family. And you'd think he'd have it all on tablets. And he'd have it all on computers. No, no, no. He loves a bit of stationery, does our Jake. Uh, Mark, you have a final tip for us and i think it's from la france
1: yeah we oui. um ah, rams, <laughs> rams are taking on nice uh, on sunday um rams are on a bit of a revival mission really and their their new head coach uh will still uh, he's already attracting loads of interest uh, a guy he's not is,
0: joking by the way
1: he's really cool will still <laughs> great name um, half belgium half english he's only 30 years old uh, he's already managed in belgium uh, before he got his gig at rams where he's been an assistant manager on and off really so he got his, he got the role following uh, oscar garcia's sacking which was felt a bit premature but um, they've gone from strength to strength under will still um, unbeaten in 7 now under his watch four wins and three draws after their midweek win away at Ajaxio, steadily moving in the right direction. Um, but yeah, since starting the season with with back to back defeats, Rams have now lost just twice in sixteen, uh, and they even held PSG in that sample as well. And they're unbeaten in the last ten. Uh, and I just want to keep them on side really this weekend. Um, this was supposed to be a really challenging season for Rams because they lost so many key players in both boxes really, but they've come together superbly well uh, and still has changed system. They're looking quite exciting now in a four two three one, but pressures high. Up front, you've got Florian Balogun, who's scoring goals for fun. Uh, Janaya Ito of Japan fame, uh, he's been playing really well as well. Uh, And in the last nine games, they kept five clean sheets and and not conceded multiple goals in any of them. So basically, the, the team is working in both boxes right now. They're moving in the right direction and you know, Nice, I did this uh, prep before Wednesday night. Uh, and Nice, I was going to say, are heading in, in no direction whatsoever, really, because uh, they sacked Lucy 6 five.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> you know, they uh, they <laughs> Lucy in five after losing in the. In the Coupe de France last weekend against lower league opposition, a really embarrassing result. He was given a vote of confidence before the World Cup, but you know, barely a couple of games back and he's been sacked. Um, they've made a mess of recruitments. They're just lacking in direction off the field. Don't really know what to do, despite having a fair amount of money behind them. But yeah, they bounced back and absolutely annihilated Montpellier six one on Wednesday night, which kind of rocks you for six, really. And that was only. Barkley sixth...
0: scored twice, which is yes. the seventh sign of the apocalypse, I think.
1: I
2: think the eighth sign is Nicolas Pepe scoring twice as well.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. I mean, they are—they've got some decent players in that <laughs> squad, but there's just no structure behind them. But that was only their sixth win of the season. I'm hoping that was the new manager bounce, or you know, the bounce after a managerial sacking because they have still only managed three clean sheets all season in League 1, and I do think this is a really difficult game for them, and I think they are being overrated. Um, So, you know, there is a slight concern there about their their recent performance, but I just have more trust. Uh, I think Rams are more reliable than Nice right now, and to be able to get 1.85 off a zero ball start on Rams at home against Nice, which is the same as draw no bet, that just stands out to me a uh, Rams team who've lost four games all season they've lost twice in 14 since mid-August uh, against the Nice team who are anything but trustworthy uh, despite what we saw midweek and Montpellier are, are a flaky bunch particularly away from home so you know if you look at their, their season so far they are prone to some of these wild results but even still happy to be pro Rams at the prices
0: what's great about the Will Still situation as well is that they like him so much that they're prepared to pay a fine every game because he hasn't got his proper coaching badges. So every time he coaches the team, they have to pay up because he hasn't got his proper badges.
1: He is doing them uh, at the moment, but certainly he's made a big impact. That, that's suggesting he might be the new Naglesman, um, which is incredibly high praise. But he's uh, he's already been looked at by apparently some English co- English clubs already because yeah. of his, uh, his backstory. So yeah, one oh, to watch.
0: They were talking about he's got really good training sessions, really imaginative, all that stuff played a lot of football manager that seems to be the way these days a lot of young coaches <laughs> are going yes well i played football manager all the time so there you go folks maybe that's the route to coaching for you uh, that's all we have time for on this edition of football only better apologies for the lack of claudia winkelman please do remember uh to gamble responsibly loads of great preview content and tipping on our website betting.betfair.com and we have a big podcast family here at betfair we've got NFL Only Better, which is a must listen ahead of the playoffs. We've also got two, yes, two racing podcasts, Racing Only Better and the Wade In podcast as well. From Mark, from Jake, and from me. It's goodbye, Finn.